following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, it was interesting last night as you uh, talked to us about the topic of rejection, and you had some things to share there. I don't think you were finished, though. Let's uh, <laughs> hear what else uh, there there is to, to understand about that. Well, you know, usually I like to actually define our terms. Um, and, and I want to do that. Rejection is refusing to accept or consider a person or thing uh, that is not wanted or not approved. When you experience rejection, you feel unloved, unwanted, unacceptable. And that word unacceptable is uh, very hard because um, we have a desire. Everyone has a desire to be accepted. And um, there are situations that are not accepted by God. But what I would say is, but anyone can change. If we can look beyond the immediate, you look beyond the fault and see the need. And, uh, but, but just to understand... I, I just do not believe that we can live in this world, and I may be wrong, <clears throat> but I'm, I assume that everyone has felt at one time or another rejected. Um, and if you think of Jesus, uh, certainly Jesus felt the pain of rejection. It's interesting that the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, uh, the vital, the most essential stone of a major structure. Yet, he was the cornerstone, or it's called the capstone, the builders rejected. That, that, that's what the scripture says. Uh, in Matthew twenty-one forty-two. the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And it like a play on words in Scripture, but it's referring to Jesus. So to be rejected is to be cast aside, cast off, cast away, uh, to be thrown away as though a person has no value. And I just, it's, you know, it hurts me when I hear people and talk with individuals. I, I, um, I have several people in my life right now. That is what has happened. Uh, it can be in the family. Um, it can be in, I guess, I, I should say, any organization could have those who would um, not see the potential in another person, not see the value that God has given them. So uh, when you're rejected, you can feel useless, uh, worthless, abandoned. And I know someone right now. And I, I this is a precious person. And I, but she has felt this way for years. But it's what went on in the family. 
that doesn't mean it's real and meaning it's it's, it's not true uh, what she feels it's true what happened to her but we don't have the ability to change other people um, you know I've, I've watched some of the dynamic in this person's life and I've, I've you know I, I now see certain people and I want to bop them on the head and say just all you have to do is change <laughs> now they won't appreciate my bopping them on the head and that won't work anyway but <clears throat> my desire is to say do you realize the harm you're causing do you realize the hurt that you're promoting so I, I think uh, it does at least it helps me to realize when I have been rejected um, it Jesus um, was rejected by the Pharisees and who were they uh, and then the Sadducees uh, these are the religious leaders um, and and yet they didn't have eyes to see who he was and uh, there's an interesting scripture mark 7 9 says you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God <laughs> in order to observe your own traditions interesting interesting play on words so to reject someone can mean to despise them, to refuse or shun them, to turn away from them. And if you reject others, you use your attitudes and actions to reveal the condition of your own heart. Because God has given each of us free will, we may choose to even reject the Word of God and God Himself. But um, it's interesting. I, I was looking at this scripture last night, um, and it it has to do with um, how the Lord. Well, I'm going to do this. Okay, it's Luke 10. It says, "Whoever listens to you listens to me." This is Jesus speaking. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? 
So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'd like to hear from you. Just talk to them about what it is that you would like to get more information on and what struggle you might be having in your life. No one needs to suffer through that alone. So talk to our customer support team. They can help you and uh, just talk with you, get the right um, uh, resources out to you as soon as they can. And uh, we'd like to help you that way. So again, 800-488-HOPE is the number to call for them. We'd like to recommend one of our keys for living as June was talking about the topic of rejection. That's called rejection and abandonment. Abandonment, healing the wounded heart, and uh, customer support can get that or whatever resource is going to help you the most. The number, again, 800-488-HOPE. If you'd like to speak with June about a situation in your life and uh, you'd like to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome you to uh, have that conversation. We'd like to set that up for you. The number is 800 917 and just call us and leave a message. We'll uh, get back to you as soon as we can to talk to you about your questions and scheduling you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 17 That's 800-644-4817. June, we'll get to our caller for tonight. We have a listener who, uh, he says, kind of divides his time between listening to uh, the BOT radio network on the radio and then listening also on uh, episodes online uh, through the website, which is hopefortheheart.org. And uh, we can we have several ways for people to listen to the program, but we welcome tonight from uh, Missouri, we have Silas. Well, hello, Silas. Welcome to Hope. Hi. How's it going? Well, good. good. Uh, what's going good is uh, we're talking right now. <laughs> so yeah, how can we yeah. help you, Silas? I'm sorry? So uh, how can we help you? Um, I, uh, for the last several years, um, something about me is that I have complex post-traumatic stress, and um, I have gone through counseling to do several different stuff that are very, very healthy. Um, a lot of the things that I struggle with are flashbulb memories from all sorts of different uh, events, and um, I've been trying to work through a couple different things while I am changing communities of faith. And working on, um, I guess, feeling like I'm going in a direction. And so that's kind of the overarching thing that I'm, that I'm facing, but there's a lot of events that led up to it. Hmm. You, you use very interesting language to change communities of faith. 
I, I get that, at least I think I get it. Um, you're moving from one, I'm going to say, um, faith group to another. Is that safe to say? Right, to, yeah. To a different, so to a different had, one. Um, right, so it's, a, it's just a different um, place uh, where I worship and um, a different community. Um, one of the reasons behind that was I had um, severe um, death in my life over the last five years. I had suffered uh, about 43 people passing away. Oh. And um, a little bit more about me is I'm Jewish. So with the events going on and the rise of anti-Semitism, um, that, oh. that weight uh, is really a higher number of about 1,443 um, with the loss in Israel and in my personal life. Wow. Oh, oh. Uh, it it uh, grieves my heart the anti-Semitism that's going on. I just, I, I never would have dreamed, never would have dreamed that in the United States of America that we would see what has been taking place against certain individuals or certain um, groups. Um, I mean, I'm talking about the anti-Semitism. Uh, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm distressed that People can do what they do thinking they're right. If they, I think some of them probably know they're not, but I believe others will find a way to justify uh, the threats, the things that are, are going on. And so uh, I'm so sorry that that's also impacting you. It, it should impact a lot of us who, um, if we, are knowledgeable and are aware. Um, yeah, um, thank you. And it means a lot to have people in general be able to speak out, and that's one of the reasons that um, Jewish people, we are speaking out right now, and many of the slogans that we have. Um, and really, um, one of my determining factors of leading the community I had been a part of is I had a couple key events happen in my life. I had come out of a lot of other events involving uh, near human trafficking events. Um, I had several different challenges before I um, was able to become stable in my life. But I had um, a couple major events that happened. I had uh, two grandparents pass away in a period of a year. I had um, a friend mentor of mine pass away. Um, during that time, I also had another person pass away. A couple months, uh, about a half a year later, um, their son, which was my best friend, committed suicide, mm. and I was left with, um, uh, now I have uh, godchildren that I've yet to go back and visit that are out of state, and um, I had reached out to my community during this time, and uh, my community, um, after several years of reaching out to them and really trying to be active and make myself available or getting to know several of them. Um, none of them were willing to make time between their family vacations, um, between them um, going and doing things. I have a past that um, I used to be very heavily involved in the gay lifestyle, and um, I had shared about my journey and where I am in, in faith. And because they found out, um, I was often written off by them 
despite having um, great ability to believe and be hopeful of those relationships. And so what ended up happening is um, I had gone through several life events beyond that, and the community, um, they did not, um, they knew about my needs. Um, and when this, those events had transpired, um, mm-hmm. they ignored physical needs in my life after making it known, um, having inability to get food and several other things. And so um, they just did not take care of me. And it was a huge factor where um, I had been very respectful and I felt like I had really great boundaries. And um, after uh, really um, doing everything I could to talk about um, what my life was like, um, people just did not want to um, have me in their life, make themselves available, or um, would oftentimes um, really uh, push me off to the side, which was very unfortunate. So that's one of the major reasons why I decided to leave after um, talking to some friends and a couple um um, individuals on accountability. It was just a, a really good biblical grounds for me to leave. So, I correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> I think I'm hearing you say that there were people in your faith community when they found out that you had been, I'm hearing past tense, that you had been in the gay lifestyle and there was change, yet these people held it against you by virtue of neglect and right, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. really wounded your spirit. Is that, is that, am I hearing that correctly? Right, yeah. So it really deeply impacted me. Um, a lot of the treatment of people like myself and those that uh, come into the church and decide to pursue um, a life with Christ, whether their attractions change or not, um, really get this strong uh, treatment from people inside of the church. And it's almost like no matter what we do, um, we're forever barred or um, cast off or um, really given a very strong, silent treatment, um, which uh, in my life um, I have really strong areas of um, Asperger's, and it, and it really shows up in, um, I've been diagnosed um, and focused on um, high levels of intuition. So I would be uh, one of very few people around the, the world that have a very um, strong, uh, almost a 99% intuition rating, uh, which is a very, um, it's not something I enjoy. It's something that um, is debilitating. Um, and um, when I give people the benefit of the doubt, um, it's just something that that is a challenge in relationships. Um, but unfortunately, um, it, it really has um, given me some insight, but it's, it's also, it comes with a weight and a cost to that type of ability and uh, gifting. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> when you understand, not you, but people, if when we understand, uh, there can be uh, about Asperger's, uh, the higher uh, gifting of intelligence um, is to be respected. And per- perhaps, obviously, there are people who don't, they're uninformed. They don't know. They don't, they don't understand. Uh, 
and there can be, uh, uh, I'll start to say typecasting, but, um, uh, you know, uh, let me tell you what I immediately thought of when you're, you're, you're sharing some of your story, and I would really love you to begin at the beginning to say, okay, I want, I want to hear your true story. I want to hear your, your life, um, and because uh, I think you're, I can tell you're very intelligent, and um, I, and and it's not that; it's that you have something to say that's I think important. Um, the interesting thing that we read in scripture is there's there's a, a small phrase, and you'll know it immediately. This is what some of you were. This is what some of you were, and it's talking. You know about those who had been in the in a gay relationship, uh, mm-hmm. and and it says, "But you've been washed, you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit." Of, I mean, it, you know, you you see this change, and that meant in the early first century church, there were people who had been, they, they didn't call it the gay lifestyle. They were homosexuals, but that, that, uh, that is not even as much a word that, that is used in the Bible, but it's very clear what we are forbidden to do. Um, and there are multiple scriptures. But the point is, anyone can change. I mean, that's that's the joy, that's the grace, that's the mercy. Grace is a gift we don't deserve. Uh, we don't even change ourselves. Um, we cooperate with God who changes us inside out. And um, I think a lot of people are not understanding uh, that part of the early church, the New Testament. We, we read... Um, the, the, the clear-cut teaching. Uh, this is what some of you were, but, you know, you were literally salvaged. You were changed. We, we, we all have areas where we've blown it. And not just once, but repeated patterns. But we can be changed by God. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? 
Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Care and Counsel Library today at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have questions or concerns about any of the topics on the program tonight, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll be happy to talk with you and uh, just get the uh, right resources to you if you'd like to talk with them about a struggle you might be having in your life and uh, then to get some uh, some direction on that through our resources. The, they'd like to help you and get the right materials to you because they understand we all face challenges, big and small, but um, you can talk to them. You can reach out to customer support to be a valuable resource to you as they uh, connect you with our resources. Uh, they remember, again, 800-488-HOPE. And I want to recommend one of our keys for living to you, and that, that's uh, uh, somewhat what we were talking about in the previous segment there called Spiritual Abuse, Religion at Its Worst. And they can help you to get that resource or whatever's going to help you. The number again, 800-488-HOPE. You can also email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And they'll be happy to connect with you in that way as well. Let's return to our conversation with Silas. Well, Silas, um, can you give me a quick overview of your life? I'm I'm, uh, interested in your faith journey, your spiritual journey. and uh, mm-hmm. so, so um, you were born. I got that because <laughs> I'm talking yeah, with you. So, um, <laughs> I will try to condense that very, very quickly. I have a very unique history. Um, when I was very young, I had seizures that were very profound that caused me not to have long-term memory. So mm-hmm. the normal experience that people have of meeting their parents or knowing um, people or things, um, that's not what I had. So I Mm -hmm. started my life meeting people and being told things. Uh, My first memory, which kind of set me on trajectory of faith, um, I ended up being in a kitchen, and there was someone talking to me about something called the next door and something called a girl. And I didn't know who they were. Um, I didn't know what that meant, and so I had to ask for instructions on how to go there. I went uh, down to the next door, and I sat down, and there was a girl there, and I started talking to her, and a man came over in white garments and uh, was bright and had faded through the fence with a gold sash, and he asked if he could join us. And I found Mm -hmm. myself in a period of kind of where events would unfold, 
where I would suddenly be in a different place. I was uh, growing older, but in my life, I had a condition that um, is called infantile seizures, uh, ground molly seizures. Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying the name wrong. And they really just, today, they still don't even know what causes it in children. Um, growing up, I had a very uh, turbulent relationship with my uh, my older brother. Um, my older brother has severe uh, bipolar and um, later in life, he had tried to uh, commit suicide because he had gone undiagnosed for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so I really had a very turbulent childhood. Um, I had been um, molested by a, a next-door neighbor. Um, it caused memory lapse as I went through childhood. My older brother became abusive, and um, it really caused some damage in my life, um, not really having that much interest to be around him. And I wasn't really aware of having Asperger's until I was in my um, late uh, 20s. So it wasn't something I even knew that I was doing. Were you diagnosed? Had Had you been diagnosed with that but not told? Or you were uh, not diagnosed? I hadn't been diagnosed. Um, what, what happens for people very often, especially with autism, um, you get a diagnosis for ADD early in childhood. It's very difficult to diagnose mm. in childhood. And most people find out when they're in their late 20s to 30s, like I have, that I have a form of autism. And so okay. it's very common um, to have that experience. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Sure, yeah. Um, Like I said, there's a lot, so I'm just trying to be very, very quick. Um, I had um, just had a lot of events with my older brother, a very turbulent time shifting from home to home. I was a military family, and we went from place to place. And my parents um, had come out of very destructive families of their own. Um, but what I did not know is that they they really had a unhealthy sense of um, boundaries or my parents were passive aggressive and um, some areas that developed in my family because of this were there were mm-hmm. just areas of narcissism and the lack of accountability. And so what happened in my life is I would get grounded for the things that my older brother would do. And I'm a middle child. And oh. so I have two other siblings. Mm-hmm. And um, what would happen is I would also get blamed for the things that they did as well. So throughout my whole childhood, um, with dealing with my brother's difficulties, anything from having an object thrown into my face um, to later in life when my younger brother started acting up, um, which developed later where um, after several events and several family vacations and several holidays where um, this person became progressively um, hostile to the point where Mm. I had to recently cut off um, communication because they would call me and they would curse me out. Mm. And um, they would um, just, they just have this, um, what's known as covert narcissism that they deal with. And um, that's kind of the family dynamic that I had grown up with. Um, when I was in, in high school, I had started to have attractions towards men, came out to a spiritual leader. They said to me that I'm not going through what I'm going through. And at the mm-hmm. time, uh, the Internet did not have regulations. And so I had been on chat rooms, and I started talking to men when I was a preteen. 
And um, my parents didn't tell me about sexuality. They did not have good role models on how to do that. And they had gone through great changes. And so I had gone through that alone. Um, I was told that my experience wasn't valid. By the time I got into high school, um, there was just a lot of changes. Uh, believers in the church um, would not want to be around me. Um, I had several experiences of people passing in high school. And by the time I graduated, um, I just had been living this double life that I couldn't find a way out of. I came from a small town, and it was before social media exploded. So at that time, um, YouTube wasn't big, and Facebook and all of the things we have today were not around, and neither were the resources. And so um, when I got into college, I... Um, had been dabbling into the occult because I just was doubting the power of the gospel because I just didn't see the lives of people transformed around me. I had left a relationship that became abusive with a young lady and started to hate the church. And uh, that's the first time in my life that I started to see um, anyone talk about the ability to change or some of the harms that people have uh, and go through um, in um, the gay culture in general. And that launched me to um, really investigate stories and testimonies and set me on a course of walking out of that lifestyle um, under the idea of pursuing Christ rather than having my attractions go away, which is what a lot of people do. They really want to pray that attractions go away or make this their hap- uh, you know, God is good because my attractions go away. And that's just not true. And I find that when, at least in my experience, when people do that, their, their attractions actually increase rather than decrease, in my opinion. But um, I had so, so, um, yeah, gone so you're later said, in life... But, but- uh, hold on just a second. So you said that you are Jewish, yet you're drawn in some way uh, into uh, faith in Christ, or or there are Christians Correct. that you seem to be, uh, where you saw them and, and you admired. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what made you even turn uh, to, and it's not that, it, I think it's important to understand. Uh, okay, I, I am a Gentile, yet um, I'm very aware that, and, and I know a number of people who are uh, uh, Jewish, and some are what I would call completed Jews, or, and um, in other words, what they have done is humbled their hearts and received Jesus as and, and mm-hmm. or Yeshua, uh, and received him as the Messiah with all the messianic prophecies in the Jewish scriptures, and to see that he indeed fulfilled uh, the prophecies, and so, uh, and I'm saying this because just for clarity, uh, is that is that what you have done, or did you? come to that decision or that realization and yielded uh, your life to uh, Yeshua, the, which is the Hebrew sure. for... Uh, so is, yeah. is, that, is that what you're telling me? 
Yeah, so um, there's a couple different ways you could look at that conversation. One, someone is born inside of a Jewish community, and they are raised with an Orthodox framework or one of the six Jewish sects, and mm-hmm. they are um, they're naturally a Jew by birth and by ethnicity. Yes. So I am a Jew by ethnicity, but I was not raised in a Jewish community. And so a lot of people are um, around the world, so it's not unique to my story. Um, they do find that they have Jewish heritage, and they uh, decide to go and uh, study that and to embrace certain aspects of the Jewish culture. And um, in my case, we have a very strong um, Jewish family uh, heritage on both sides of my family. So mm-hmm. it, there is a, a, a huge difference from someone who is what many would say born into Judaism or born okay. into a um, Jewish observant family and then find Christ. And so I would be considered a Jewish believer who believes in the Messiah or a Jewish uh person who is messianic a messianic jew yes <clears throat> well i over I, someone that is messianic so someone who's messianic may believe in the messianic prophecies but they're not necessarily ethnically jewish ah ah okay yes but you have that ethnicity yes Right, yeah. So um, later in life, I went and I went to Bible college, and I have a bachelor's degree of church ministries. And mm. um, that's a kind of later in the story that you were asking me. Okay. And um, I, I will just hasten to say um, that in the Christian church, um, all that is presented by Christ, um, some, many people are not authentic Christians. Um, Billy Graham says 80% of church members have never had a rebirth experience, meaning they're not authentic Christians, they, they can be church members though. And you can have people who are um, uh, claiming to be a Christian, but they don't, they, they they may profess authentic Christianity, but they don't possess the, the, the person of Christ when we receive him as our personal Lord and Savior. Uh, and um, so I'm sensing that there was some um, challenge that you experienced uh, in your faith community. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 topics in our library that we call our Keys for Living, and uh, you'll be able to talk to customer support about that, whatever's going to be being the most helpful for you in your situation, whatever uh, di- uh, situation you might be dealing with in your life, they'd like to help you to get the right materials. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. That's anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. You can access them. I want to uh, recommend some of our keys for living. We have, I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, the uh, keys on spiritual abuse called religion at its worst. And uh, while we're talking about it here in the last segment, we uh, like to point out that we do have our materials on Jewish fulfillment called Finding the Peace God Promises. That's Jewish fulfillment, Finding the Peace God Promises. You may be interested in that as well. Just talk to customer support at 800-488-HOPE. Well, back to our conversation now with Silas. Well, Silas, as you uh, are, are describing uh, very adequately and uh, descriptively uh, your, your life journey, um, you know, I, I I alluded to something that you had said earlier, and that is, you had had a change. You you had been uh, in, involved in the gay lifestyle, uh, but then mm-hmm. there was a change, and you chose a different path. And what I was, I decided I want to give the scripture so that people can understand. Uh, uh, this is what I think happened to you. It, um, in First Corinthians six, uh, eleven, and even before that. But it, uh, the quote part I was quoting was, uh, "That is what some of you were," meaning, uh, and it can be a number of things, not just um, homosexual, but a number of things. And, and they will not inherit the kingdom of God. It says, but this, but this is, uh, that is what some of you were. You were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And the beauty is in our lives. We can be on the wrong side of truth, meaning it's false. It's false truth. We can be, we can be sincere 
and sincerely wrong. Um, I remember I was asked, June, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. I was sincere, but I was sincerely wrong. I didn't even know what it meant to be a Christian. But I just assumed because I went to a, what I'll call a, a church uh, under the flagship of a Christian denomination. But, you know, I, I, I had no Bible. There was no Bible taught at this mainline denominations. But I was sincere. But the point is, I changed. And there were a number of things that changed when I uh, literally experienced salvation through Christ. So um, it uh, it is sad to me when people will look at a lifestyle that somebody had been in, and it can be all kinds of things that would not be of God, but then they change. And yet for somebody to hold it that passed against them is, um, in my opinion, my opinion, it's prideful. It's like, well, I'm not one like you. You know, it's just, it's, it, it seems that way to me. But, but we have to know that people have the right to be wrong. Would you yeah, not say there's that? A, there's a huge, huge amount. Um, in my past, I actually did activism as a gay rights activist. And one of the largest things that, you know, people do face truly is this lie that you can't change that everything's fixed. And that's just not true mm -hmm. with the studies that are out there. But the same is true that, um, you know, when you go into the church, you haven't done enough. Um, and that really is a double whammy. So you're not received mm. in the church or in the world. I don't think that's a safe church to go to. Mm -hmm, if, right. if, that, if that's the overwhelming um, MO of, of that. Because... I don't think think for them, it's the overwhelming, like, what they believe. Um, it's just the aspect of, for, for myself, leaving the community I was a part of, it wasn't the knowing that I was loved in the sense of having support and freedom in Christ, but it was more of the idea of while turbulent things went on, they were just simply inactive, because I wasn't deemed as important. Mm. Well, I am just grateful that you have a testimony that is needed in our culture. Uh, meaning, the testimony is, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was involved in actively, as a gay activist, I was actively supporting that which actually God forbids. And mm -hmm. therefore, you've made a choice to say, I am choosing Christ. I'm going to do what, what the Bible actually teaches. And there are multiple, uh, in, in, in our material, on uh, homosexuality and same-sex attraction. We explain where I'm, I, I remember, I, I had no idea what the Bible said. I, I remember I dated a guy in, in uh, college, and he was a, a lawyer, and he, or he was in law school. And then uh, later he went to D.C. and uh, was an assistant to a congressman. And I remember him saying, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about 
homosexuality. And I thought, hmm. I said, I think it does. But I didn't, you know, and, and sure enough, that word isn't used, which I said a moment ago. Mm-hmm. But right. there were all there are all these specific um, scriptures, uh, multiple scriptures of not um, not lying with uh, a, a man like one lies with a woman. I mean, there's different language that's used. There's a scriptural standard is what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. Uh, that's Leviticus 18.22. And likewise, you know, and, and, you know it, but the, the point, it, it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But um, I think it, it, it's important that you, you made a decision. And we all have things that where we have the opportunity to turn, to choose. And you, you, some people say, no, you can't because you're born that way. Well, God would never create a person to be what he forbids. That would be a very unjust God, and he doesn't do that. He, he's willing to change any of us who are willing to change in whatever we're hooked to or hooked by, uh, whatever uh, is controlling us that is outside of his perfect w- will for our lives. So I'm I'm supporting you. I'm I'm just yeah, great, yeah. I'm um, grateful. I think most people don't know that there's 17 places in the New Testament that it talks about that, and um, I think it's just really important to realize that it does talk about it quite a bit in the New Testament, um, and that's just really um, very important. It's been so helpful in my life. Um, just being able to be balanced, being able to have good personal boundaries or being able to rest at night or other areas because of those 17 places. I had not counted, uh, but you're making me look at our our keys on that topic, and I'm counting right now. <laughs> but sure, uh, the, yeah. w- 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 what's helpful is I know many people who were once... N- they either they were acting, um, they were involved in a same-sex sexual relationship. I know many men and women, and no, I mean, and literally the Lord, um, it, and it, it it's it, it's a change that He enables us to make when we have Christ in our in our lives, with Him on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives us the ability to do whatever it is that we are called to do. I love the scripture. Uh, I never will forget it. Um, when I first saw it, I thought, what? Is it, what? What? You know, I was, I was a fairly new Christian. It's um, faithful is the one who calls you, and he will do it. So whatever he calls you to do, he'll equip you to do it. And that's phenomenal. And I, and I thought, wow, th- that's amazing. I just thought... Whatever we had to do, we're just going to have to gut it up and just figure out how to, you know, it, it, was, it, it was a totally different view. And there are other wonderful passages that end up saying that, that he'll give us a new heart. Um, he'll, anyway, it, so I, I am supporting you again, saying thank you for 
your testimony of of a changed life. Yet, obviously, this has not been an easy road for you because of uh, the Asperger's and not knowing uh, anything about uh, until your 20s that, um, you know, that there was a true diagnosis in this way and uh, being blamed for what your brothers did, um, dabbling in the occult, okay? Um, yeah. So what, 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 <laughs> the reason for your call, I should have asked you that earlier on, I'm sorry. What did you You're hope fine to now. get? That's fine. What, what did you hope um, to get from this, from our talk together? So I, um, I journal, I write music and all sorts of stuff. And um, mm. for myself, the things that I have done um, really have been try to work through brain fog. So for those that don't know, when somebody goes through a lot of uh, trauma, their brain can slow down or events seem to life pauses. Um, you feel like you're outside yourself and a lot of other things. And in light of all the things of like changing or um, having healthy boundaries or, or healthy choices, I just really um, I catch myself asking a question, do I trust the Lord or struggling with the, the aspect of, you know, am I really loved or um, having paralyzing fear or thinking about my past of, you know, I could have been in ministry in this type of the way or that type of thing. And, and is the Lord good? And it's really a temptation of just trusting the Lord and um, realizing that um, I can have clear thinking um, and not grow numb in, in that, that place of uh, resolving and not letting pain grip me while just resting and, and out of that place just allowing the, the, myself to acknowledge that the Lord sees my pain and mm. um, has provided a, a, a means to part the waters of my heart by its steadfast love. Mm. You know, uh, are you loved? Um, for the Lord to even say, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I mean, everlasting is not here today, gone tomorrow. It is forever. And those in the faith journey that um, th he has people for you in your life that will be a blessing. Um, I hope we can talk again if you would like to. Would you like to? Sure. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Let's do that. We will send some of our resources out to tonight's caller, and we're able to do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope, and we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.